Welcome to Fizzball Inside, the podcast magazine of the International Fizzball Association. I'm IFA President Jörn, and this is episode number 25, which was recorded on the 2nd of March. And as always, it's a great pleasure to have with me the co-host, our Secretary General Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jörn, and hello, Fizzball World. Yeah, this is an anniversary episode, as it is episode number 25. But we have to start with really, really sad news. Yeah, Chris, it is with great sadness uh, that we have learned that our IFA honorary president and our good friend Ernesto Donalek passed away at the age of 70. Ernesto, born on 13th May 1950, was elected on the 27th of August 1995 in Windhoek in Namibia as the fourth president of EFV, the former International Faustballverband. He took over the office from Dr. Hans Christian Kollmann of Austria. And according to his own words, highlights of his term of office were the World Games 2005 in Duisburg and 2009 in Taiwan, as well as the World Championships 2007 in Oldenburg, but also the establishment of the under 18 World Championships since 2003. Let us have a look, Jörn, what was decided under his presidency. In Namibia, the board of directors decided that from now on the Fistball World Championships would take place every four years and thus always in two-year alternation with the World Games. The International Faustballverband, as you already mentioned, uh, the federation was called at that time, celebrated a premiere in Donalek's home country, Argentina, in 1994. The first women's world championship was held in Buenos Aires. Eight nations at that time competed. And at the 1999 IFA Congress in Alton, it was decided to reduce the line height to 1.90 meters for women's, junior and female youth games. In 2003, the boys under 18 teams from eight na nations met for the first time uh, for the first Fistball World Championship of the under 18 national teams. This was followed in 2006 by the first World Championship for the female under 18s in Yankiva in Chile. And at the 2003 Men's World Championship in Porto Alegre in Brazil, the Congress decided to rename the Federation in International Feasible Association as it is um, presented today. At the 2007 World Championship in Oldenburg in Lower Saxony, Germany, with 12 nations participating for the first time, the Congress decided to change the rules of the game to a set length of up to 11 points. A really major change to our sport. And at the 2011 Men's World Championships in Pasching, finally Austria's Karl Weiss succeeded Ernesto as IFA president and, and Ernesto was named IFA honorary president for his contribution to the sport of football. Also, he was already in poor health. I'm happy that we could still welcome Ernesto in the last years together with his wife, Andrea, at the World Games in Wroclaw or at the World Championship in Winterthur. Those were very emotional moments for all of us and Ernesto will be deadly missed. Jose Perena, president of the International World Games Association, said of Ernesto Donalek, we have lost someone who has been a close friend for many years. 
His commitment to our multi-sport event was exemplary. At the same time, he won many friends with his open and down-to-earth nature. This cheerful nature made Ernesto an outstanding and, and influential ambassador for his sport as well. In our thoughts, we are with Ernesto's wife, Andrea, and the children. The World Games family will always remember him as one of the strongest supporters of our event. And furthermore, also the president of AIMS, Stefan Fox, paid contribution to Ernesto, saying, on behalf of the AIMS family, we would like to send our deepest condolences to the IFA family and certainly to Ernesto's family and to Andrea. Ernesto was a very special person and I was very much emotionally touched when I met him again at the World Games final in Poland. His strength to be there with his sport and the family he loved so much, putting his own challenges aside, is an inspiration for all of us. Our sympathy goes to his family and the relatives. Thank you, Ernesto. Rest in peace. Chris, difficult to make a change, but I think it would also be in the sense of Ernesto to talk also about some more positive developments in our sport. Uh, the weekend before we produced the last podcast, uh, whilst you have been at the um, final in FARC, uh, the Austrian Female Indoor Championships, uh, and we produced uh, the episode already on Saturday, uh, so we missed the final and the final results on Sunday which was a little surprise or bigger surprise, Chris. What happened in the finals? Yeah, absolutely. A uh, big surprise, uh, in my opinion, because Sekirchen is new champion of the Austrian Bundesliga and uh, they, they succeeded in the final against uh, the title defender Nussbach. And uh, the final was very clear for Sekirchen because Uh, they, they made a very, very good match um, and uh, yeah, Nussberg had no real chance in the final and uh, they won all the matches. Nussberg won all the matches in the preliminary round and of course in the, in the knockout round in the quarterfinal and semifinal. But uh, in the final, uh, they, they, uh, they didn't know how to um, how to succeed against Sekirchen and of course the striker of Sekirchen, Sabina Süffert. Uh, yeah, they, they show, she showed a very great performance, not only her but uh, all her teammates as well. And so it was a three to zero victory for Sekirchen and uh, they won the big title for the first time ever in their history. Congrats to Sekirchen. So another Austrian title for a national player from Brazil uh, as striker Sabine Suffert uh, reached her first title in Austria and also it's the first title for Sekirchen and trainer Matthias Karafiat. Matzi also is uh, the bridge to our next topic, uh, a topic which was discussed yesterday with all teams qualified for the next Fistball World Tour final. And for this topic, I would like to welcome as guest in this podcast, our chairman of the EFA Sports Commission, Winnie Kronsteiner. Hello, Winnie. Hello, Jan. Winnie, yesterday, a very important meeting. What is the news coming up from that meeting with the World Tour finalists? Well, actually, we organized a meeting yesterday because it was uh, in our biggest interest to inform the finalists to full detail about 
Uh, our journey with finding the host uh, for this World Tour final, it was a long journey and it was not a really fruitful journey, but uh, I think they deserve information or first level information given by us. And I highly appreciate that all the teams that are qualified for the World Tour finals really had took their time to, to be with us and to get the information about uh, how we plan the future of the World Tour final. And what is the current state of art, the current discussion point uh, concerning the World Tour final? Uh, is it already cancelled? Is it still in progress? Uh, what is the state? Well, actually, we are we are still work, working very hard to ha find a host. Uh, ac actually, it was of our it was really important to us that we find a host in South America for our World Tour final. Because as you know, the first two World Tour finals, the first two events were hosted in Europe, in Feyingen and in Salzburg. And I think it's, uh, and we were of the clear opinion that it is only fair to have a, a host in South America. But due to the COVID-19 situation there and due to the uh, problems to find partners for hosting such a big event, we found out that all the all the club teams that were, were had been interested in hosting it were not really able to uh, gather enough infrastructural devices to gather enough uh, partners and sp sponsors so uh, that we returned to Europe again. Uh, we're talking to many cities in Europe, but uh, uh, the situation is quite difficult, not in terms of that the hosts wouldn't like to get this. There were very many hosts and cities really very much interested in hosting this wonderful event. The main problem is uh, that we cannot guarantee uh, what happens to the teams that uh, enter a European state at the moment, whether they have to spend some 14 days in quarantine before they start with the event. And that made us think of the situation that Austria might probably be a good option because uh, the, the federal regulations in Austria are not that strict at the moment. And then when uh, the Austrian Bundesliga had their bubble final in Fakamsee, there was Wolfgang Richel Roschitz and Christian discuss, Christoph discussing that. Uh, whether this could be an option for our World Tour final and probably we can find a way out. We have to uh, work really hard for the next six weeks and I cannot promise anything well, because we do not want to have an event that is a normal event. We want to have a, a high-end event and that of course requires very many different kinds of negotiations before and talks to, to uh, sponsors and uh, local governments. But uh, we try our best because uh, we, we, as we have uh, the Women's World Championship in Switzerland and as we have got the Under-18 World Championship in Kirchen, we have got two really cool championships for, for national teams, but we also would like to have a, a high-end event for club teams as well. And that's the reason why we work that hard. Also, I cannot say at the moment whether we will be successful. I would say the chances are around 50%.
But uh, Winnie, you just mentioned it. Uh, one of the crucial points and really uh, is that all the qualified teams get the chance to reach the um, venue of the final without quarantine. And uh, that makes the difference. You just explained it between maybe Germany and Switzerland, uh, which also had potential hosts. Uh, but uh, currently it's not for sure. And that's the different, the main difference to Austria. Uh, you already have shown successfully that uh, an event like that could be run, could be the support of the federal government uh, make a, a difference concerning the quarantine uh, regulations uh, in that event. But uh, that also leads us to the fact what is going on with the world tour uh, in general in this year. Uh, did you already have an outlook on that? Yes, we were discussing this topic as well yesterday. Uh, the main problem we have to face at the moment is that the world tour is not a single event. If it was a single event, we could, of course, uh, create uh, all the necessities around the event, but the World Tour uh, is an event that has got hosts uh, everywhere in the world, and the situation is that unclear and that different in so many different countries. Uh, we uh, will have to face the situation that probably it might be, and this is our absolute worst case scenario, that probably uh, we will lose a second year of the World Tour because it is our main interest that all the teams from all over the world get the opportunity to travel without restrictions, that they get the opportunity to take part in the World Tour events. That's the number one priority for us. And that is that is also the reason why we have to say if there are too many restrictions, if it is too dangerous for our athletes, uh, we will have to re to make a restart in 2022. We will have a look at the, at the situation and make the final discussion as soon as we see that if the there is an option of hosting events within the next four to six weeks. And on the other hand, uh, you just mentioned it, uh, there was some discussion with the PAFA uh, Sports Commission, maybe to postpone some of the uh, big tournaments in South America to a later stage during the year. But uh, at the end of the day, if you just um, cut the season for the World Tour, let's say it starts in September and it ends in November, then it's not uh, the kind of World Tour we would look uh, are looking for. Definitely, because we would lose uh, the really, really great hosts in Europe beginning in April. Uh, we would lose the hosts in, in our uh, summer tournaments and we will probably also lose uh, the, the Easter tournaments in South America. And then we've got uh, a, just a really, really small and limited world tour. I think that's not worth it. Did you already discuss uh, what will happen if there is a continental champion this year? Um, will it be added to the number of participants uh, to the World Tour final or what will happen to that? That could be the case in, 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 in case we haven't got a World Tour final this year, then there might be some continental title holders uh, in addition to those we've got at the moment. We would definitely add them to the amount of teams that take part, which of course makes the whole tournament a little bit more difficult to be organized. But uh, we, I think we proved in the past that we are creative in terms of scheduling. Thank you, Winnie. That was Winnie Kronsteiner, uh, chairman of our IFA Sports Commission with an update uh, and an outlook on the feasible World Tour final potentially hosted uh, in 
this year maybe in Austria or um, if it is necessary to be postponed and the decision as Winnie mentioned will be taken in six weeks latest. Thank you. Yeah, so we are still working very hard on a solution and try everything to make the event possible. But once again, currently it is not guaranteed that we could conduct a World Tour final in 2021. Yes, Chris, this is our big goal. And I really would like to thank everyone who's putting so much effort in different scenarios, but it is not for sure. And uh, this already brings us to the end of our anniversary episode number 25. And as always, we finish with, and don't forget, together we are Fistball. Fistball.